Hey everyone, it's Jimmy and Adam, and welcome to Karma Corner. On May 24, 2022, our community of Uvalde, Texas, experienced the second deadliest school shooting in the U.S. 19 children and two teachers were killed when a gunman entered Robb Elementary and opened fire. Arnulfo Reyes was the teacher in room 111, one of the two rooms that the gunman entered. Mr. Reyes was the only survivor to come out of room 111. We are honored to have Mr. Arnulfo Reyes, a survivor, a hero, and a voice for his angels here with us today on Karma Corner. Good morning, Mr. Reyes, and welcome to Karma Corner. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Jimmy. What's Good morning, up, Arnie. <laughs> good to see you again, man. Yeah, likewise, yeah. How'd you like the tacos? They were good. They were good, yeah. <laughs> so we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of the shooting here in Uvalde, and can you take us back to May 24th, 2022? Um, yeah, sure. Um, that day, it was just like a normal every day, you know, going to work, same routine, um, kind of, you know, day. It was just, I just knew that we were going to have awards that day. And um, so it was going to be a little bit different in that sense where, you know, the kids were going to like have a free day because, I mean, we had just finished testing. So, you know, there wasn't that much um, stress about, you know, doing uh, a lot of classwork and stuff like that. Um, as we're coming close to the end of the year, you know, we um, pack up stuff and, you know, same kind of things. And um, yeah, so we were in the classroom and we started watching um, a movie. And uh, while the kids were watching the movie, I sat at my desk um, working on final things like grades and stuff like that. Um, that need to get turned into the to the office, you know, by the end of the by the end of the week, right? So I was trying to get caught up in, in, on that while the students enjoyed a movie that day. Um, so everything was calm. Everything was just like nothing, right? And um, lights were out. Kids were sitting down, snacking on their favorite snacks, like the takis and the hot Cheetos, like all that stuff. Um, and I just sat there um, working on my computer um, to to do my work right so we were there until we waited there until we would be called to the cafeteria um, and so it was about 10 30 ish when they called us and so we took off to the cafeteria and had the awards that that at that time so we did the whole award ceremony some of them went home that day um so i ended up with just 11 students that wanted to stay there because they wanted to continue seeing the movie and and you know spend time with their friends um so then we went back we went back to the classroom and you know we went back to our same relaxed you know environment the kids went back to see the tv and um watched the movie and I went back to my desk where I was working on grades and stuff. Um, and we just sat, I mean, we were just sitting there and not, you know, and then we heard the loud bangs of, of the gunshot. Um, at the time I didn't know it was, you know, coming from a gun. It was um, just something very loud 
but of course I didn't know uh, it was a gunshot because it didn't sound, I guess like a regular gunshot that would be heard outside, you know, if you sh shot, it was like hard and like, I guess because it happened indoors inside of a building, it was louder. Um, so it, it didn't dawn on me that it was a gunshot. Um, and so I, the students started asking, you know, what's going on? I wasn't too sure myself, so I, I didn't know. Um, but as a, as the sounds got closer, um, which he was already in room 112, and when it finally, when I finally realized that it was a gun, is when I looked up towards the wall to room 112, and I could see uh, pieces of the wall falling off, off the, you know, the wall. And so then I said, that's, that's weird, you know? So then he hit me, he's like, it's a gun, it's a gun. And so um, I told the kids, like, you know, get under where we always practice, uh, get under the table, get, you know, get under there. And I, I was getting up, um, coming around. He had already come into our classroom and was standing by the, by the door, because uh, I saw a shadow there, and I remember seeing the shadow and seeing, like, fire, come out. So when I saw that fire, it's, uh, I guess when that's when he shot at me, and um, I fell to the ground first. Um, I fell to the ground and then he came around to the other side and um, and he shot under the table. So that's where my my students were at. And so I kind of figured that he had, you know, killed them all because it was a lot of shots. It was, you know, um, so yeah, then I, I stayed there. I knew I was injured. I didn't know how bad I was injured, but I knew I had a lot of pain in my arm, and I just laid there. Um, so I I wasn't too sure of my injuries, what what I had, right? But I I laid there. I didn't hear anything else. Um, I didn't hear nothing from the students, so I figured they either were staying quiet and not talk I mean not talking or not gonna say anything because they were probably scared I had told them to close their eyes so they wouldn't see anything but um, I didn't hear anything out of them and so while we were there you know um, he he stayed there behind my desk and put metal what sounded like metal objects on top of the the table um, and then that's when he taunted me for for a while there with um, spilling water on my back, um, dropping my cell phone because I was getting texts and phone calls, um, people checking up on me. And so that's when he dropped the phone and put it on my back um, several times. And then, um, like my blood was already all over, like a puddle. And he would splash that in my face. He was trying to, 
you know, make me react. I guess he wanted to know if I was dead, you know. Um, and I just kept on laying there, just with my eyes closed, acting like I was I was dead. And um, so, yeah, that's that's how that you know that part. Um, so, in the blink of an eye, it's like your life was just changed you know you talked about the award ceremonies and it's kind of like how they say like you don't know what what that day's going to bring and, and in the blink of an eye yeah your life was just changed forever my life yeah absolutely i mean this changed many people's lives and i mean you didn't even have to be related to these people they changed our community um in so many ways um I I just can't describe it that one person that was, you know, ill intent or whatever, evil, um changed, destroyed a community. Changed the whole community. It changed the whole community. So but, so did you said he was standing by the door, was that like an adjoining door? Because I know you I think those two classes were joined, right? Yes. Through a door. Yeah, they have like I think adjoining? they call it Jack and Jill doors or something like oh, that okay. where they can go. Is that yeah. where he entered through, or was he... I, I believe that that's where he entered through, because um, he was going back and forth after, um, after, like, after he shot the students and myself, he was in the, in the classroom walking around, and he would go back and forth in between those doors to see if they were dead and if we were dead, you know? So, like, he was walking back and forth, and then um, I know that... <laughs> Uh, like the first time when the cops came by, they were like, you know, negotiating with him and he didn't say anything and I thought, okay, so then I didn't hear them anymore and then they came like the second time later on um, and I'm I, I'm not too sure like in how much time it was in between because of course I didn't have no concept of time and I it was an eternity, right? When you're injured, it's an eternity, right? Um, and so, I mean, they came again and they talked to him again and then, um, you know, he, he was shooting again and, um, he shot me in the back, but he, he didn't shoot me in the back until after he shot, um, the student because after I guess the student heard them the second time when they wanted to negotiate with him and she wanted to get help for her, for her, right? And for her, um, classmates. And she is, she didn't yell. She just talked, you know, officers come in here, we're in here, you know, trying to get help. Um, and that's when he went to that room and he went and shot her. Because after that, I didn't hear her anymore. And that so. was in the room that was across from you? Yeah, room 112, yes. Room 112. Room 112. So. so that's how I knew that he had been going back and forth because those doors are right there. And I mean, he went back and forth. So, so when you heard the police, did you think to yourself, they're here, this is going to end soon? Yeah, I mean, the first time that I heard, I heard it, I was like, oh, great. They're gonna come in and they're gonna save us and um, you know save my students. You know, um, at that time I didn't know how big of 
a wound that kind of gun would cause. Um, I was thinking, you know, like a regular gun where it just, that's it, the bullet goes in. Um, so I thought, you know, they're gonna come in, some of these kids, we're gonna make it, we're gonna, um, we're gonna survive and... But as the world knows, it took 77 minutes. It took 77. For them to enter. 77 minutes, it's what seemed like eternity for me. Um, yeah, and then to know what kind of damage that kind of gun does. Uh, you know, like I have a big old, um, I have a big old um, <laughs> shot in my, in my back. And like, it's a size like a, a softball, you know, it's um, um, the physician could put his whole fist in there. He would, that's how big it was. Um, so I can just imagine how the, my students were wounded, you know, um, and they, you know, they're, they're little kids. I mean, maybe 80, 70, 80 pounds. I can't imagine how much damage he did to them, you know, um, so. Now for our listeners to put into perspective, it took 77 minutes for them to enter and confront this gunman. But we, we know, we remember that there was almost 400 cops on that campus yeah. that day. And still it took 77 minutes to enter it. And in this. In, in yeah. Um, that's just something I can't wrap my, my head around. Um, I mean, we didn't have nothing in there um, to protect. I didn't have nothing in there to protect my students um, other than my body. I mean, which Miss Mireles and Miss Garcia, you know, did. Um, and, and I mean, they had, at least they had like a bulletproof vest, at least. I had nothing. My kids had nothing. I mean, they should have at least tried to go in there, you know. Um, they didn't even try. So, yeah. Well, one thing that comes to mind to me when I think about police officers or used to come to mind is protect and serve. Absolutely. What does that do? What does that mean to you? Um, I used to think the same, Adam. Um, I used to think, you know. Anytime, anytime something happens, you call the police. I mean, I think we're we're trained or to to believe that. Like, um, yes, cops gonna help you, you know. And I'm pretty sure that's what the student thought too. You know, when she yelled out and said, "You know, officers, come in here. We're in here." I'm pretty sure she was trained to say that. You know, help. You know, and then. You know, it cost her, her her life. You know, so yeah. When I see that on on cars and on their police cars or whatever, to protect and serve is like really like I uh, I don't I don't buy it no more. Like it's it's you know it's um I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And so we've seen shootings. You know, the recent one in Nashville where. The gunman there was approached and within 14 minutes was it ended and it's just hard to sometimes grasp that what was it three cops two cops there took down the gunman in 14 minutes and we had almost 400 and you know not one of them 
was yeah. willing to go in there and save, you know, the students and the teachers. Yeah, that that when I saw the video on that, I was, I, you know, I was like confused and uh, like, wait a minute, there's three police officers went in, did what they were doing, uh, supposed to do, go into the classrooms and uh, make sure that they were clear until they got to where the shots were going. Um, yeah, it, it's, I can't, I can't understand why they didn't take, take a different approach. Um, they all stood in the hallway. Nobody ever thought about going on the other side of the windows, on the other side of the classroom, distract them on that side. Um, there's just several things that they could have done, you know, differently. Um, so I, I don't understand, yeah. I mean, you had close to 400 police officers and, and um, other agencies there that that didn't do anything, you know. And I mean, I'm not too sure if it's because they had to follow a command or a lead from somebody. Um, but I think if they would have let a parent cross that line, I, I'm pretty sure that the parent would have gone in there with the gun, you know and risk their own lives, yeah. But I mean, as we've seen in interviews, right, some people were caught saying, you know, if it was my child, I wouldn't be standing down here. And they they were just standing there, you know, like, um, so, yeah, so. I, so I, many different agencies were there. And, you know, some of these cops were highly trained for situations like this, but still chose not to mm -hmm. engage with the gunman mm -hmm. and end it you know, sooner. And there could have been survivors, and more oh, survivors. Yeah, it. absolutely. I mean, they, I mean, if they, they trained for this, they should have known what tactical gear to, to buy, um, or to have to request. I mean, a, a school shooting, most school shootings have been done with that kind of style of weapon. I mean, they're not going to go with a regular handgun. I mean, you can't kill that many people with with that. This you can kill a whole, you know, a big old herd of within seconds with cows, uh, cows or um, javelinas or something, you know. Um, but yeah, so they should have known. They should have been prepared, um, especially with us having so many bailouts there around that area. Um, they should have really, really been ready. And absolutely, we would have more lives saved, and that's the sad part. It seems like it was only, like, what, three or four people that entered that ended up shooting him in the first place, right? Um, what, how, how many was it, like, three or four? Or? Yeah, I believe it was three. I three, um, yeah, three people, but um, I don't know. They were Bartek or something like that, yeah. Did you witness that? Did you see them go in or anything? I didn't see them going in, but I heard them. I heard the, the banging of the, the clangs of the desks and stuff like that um, hitting each other. So I knew that they were coming in. And so um, I just remember when they were coming in and I heard that, I just prayed and then said, um, okay, this is going to happen. Uh, I just closed my eyes very tight and prayed that I didn't get hit by a stray bullet or anything. And um, and so I just clenched my eyes real tight 
and I just heard bullets like like firecrackers like you know just when you light them up and they all pop it that's how I heard it and then it was silence um, it was just dead silence and it was just like and then um, one of the border patrol well I think they, they ran in there after um, and so one of them uh, went in there and he was like you know if you can talk talk if you can get up get up um, and I just looked at him and I said I can't get up and so yeah then he he turned me around and um, they didn't realize that I, I was shot in the back and, um, uh, and they drug me out out of the classroom did you think you were gonna make it absolutely not I, I I felt weak I felt weak and I, and I, um, after being dragged out, we stopped at, at one of the locations that they had a, a medic ready. And um, I knew who he was and I asked him, hey, am I gonna make it, you know? And he was like, yeah, you're gonna be fine, you're gonna be fine. And, um, and I was like, okay. And he was putting a tourniquet on my arm because my arm was bleeding. And I just knew I just I just had so much pain in my arm and I just couldn't stand it. And um, and so then they did all of that. They started IV on me and everything. And then they drugged me. I mean, they carried me after that. They carried me um, all the way to the end of uh, they took me outside of the building and all the way down the to the to the pickup area over there but when at the time when they're walking they're uh, walking over there they're discussing where to put me they didn't know where to put me um, they were like do we put him in the back of a car do we put him in the trunk do we put him in the back of a pickup or because there's no ambulances nearby um, I know that the ambulances, they say they couldn't get in because of so many people there, right? Or so many cars. Um, and then um, I was like, man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna get anywhere. And um, <clears throat> and it's crowded because you know Rob is in a residential neighborhood. So yeah, yeah. The amount of people that, and cops that were there was just. Yeah, and so they threw me in the back of a of a. They finally got an ambulance. They threw me in the back of an ambulance, but I wasn't on a what do you call it stretcher thing. I was on the floor, sliding everywhere on my way to the hospital. Um, and the officer that that went with me was just like, "Keep on talking to me. Keep on talking to me." So I just kept on talking to him. You know, like, "Hey, are we almost there?" Um, and I knew that I had to keep on talking in order for me not to. Um, in my mindset that I kept on talking to him and asking questions that way I wouldn't die you know um, and so I mean I slid all over the place in that in that ambulance and um, we finally got to the hospital and I just remember laying down at the hospital and um, they just started to work on me and they um 
trying to, you know, just, I think they put more tourniquets on me because my blood, uh, my arm was still bleeding. Um, and, uh, you know, they cut all my clothes and everything there. They took everything. Um, and then um, they put in me a chest tube. And I finally got to breathe better at that time. Um, it was just a, a relief, like, and I think that's probably what kind of saved me, I guess, because um, I wasn't breathing heavy. Um, it was very light. So yeah, when they put the chest tube, like, it, it brought a whole different, you know. Um, like adrenaline or something? Yeah, it just, uh, like, I could breathe. Like, finally, like I wasn't being suffocated. Um, and so, yeah. And then when they, you know, they tried, they, they tried their best, I guess, what, you know, and then the hospital was new. So they didn't know where a lot of the stuff was. Um, and I would think to myself, I'm gonna die. I'm just gonna die. I'm, they don't know where the things are at because they're like, I can't find it, whatever. And I'm pretty sure it was chaos outside. I'm pretty sure they had, all, you know, they had never, probably never seen anything like that before. And so when, um, when the nurse says, um, you're going to, we're gonna fly you to Bamsi. And I thought, thank God, you know, I'm gonna make it, you know. So I had never been on a helicopter or anything. And I was, I didn't even think about that at the time. I just knew that I wanted to live, you know. Um, and so, I, yeah, they flew me to Bamsi. And so how long were you in the hospital? I was in the hospital for a whole month, from May 24th to June 24th, so a whole month. And I remember when you were finally released from the hospital, you know, you had a parade come through your neighborhood of, of well-wishers, and, and how did that make you feel when the community, you know, was... Um, at that time, it made me feel great, you know, it was like, I was in the hospital with, um, with my family members most of the time, you know, so I didn't get to speak to anybody else other than them. Um, and I was surprised of so many, how, so many people came, you know, um, even the lady that um, flew with me on the helicopter, she came by and she was like, I was with you. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you know, she even came by and um, the other nurse, you know, the one that I had asked if I was gonna be okay, she, she came by the medic, the, the one that put the first tourniquet on me, came by. And so I was, you know, very surprised, you know, at all the people that came that day. You know, after all that bad news that continued to come out and come out, that was the first, like, positive thing that I could see in Uvalde is whenever they <clears throat> made that parade and you were there. That was really, really cool to see. I just like to say that I think that, kind of help people cheer up a little bit and start to heal seeing something positive happen so that was I, I saw that I didn't get to be in the parade but I did see it and that was really cool so I just thought I'd let you know <clears throat> yeah. another thing that I, I think about is when you were apologizing to the parents like did you you didn't have a gun you didn't have anything you know like I know you felt bad but like you're the only person I've even heard apologize. You know, you got all these cops, you got all these school districts, all these people. 
I haven't heard them apologize. And then the, the teacher, there was a, you know, a victim that got shot and fell to the ground and thought he was going to die. I mean, that that's... I just want you to know that I don't think that you need to apologize. I think everybody that I've talked to knows that you did what you could. And we're just really glad that you made it. And now your voice for them. Yeah. I I mean, during that, that first interview, I, I apologized to the parents because, you know, we, we take on that role as a teacher, you know, that we're going to protect your, your children, you know. And with me being shot first, I, I just felt that I had felt them, you know. Um, I've come to the realization that there was nothing that I could have done to change anything. There was nothing. Um, but, you know, and I felt like I just had to apologize because, you know, they lost their, their child, you know. But, I mean, with them, you know, I, I always say they lost one and I lost 11, you know. And it's been difficult in that sense because it's like they're not my biological children, but man, you know, you, you, you fall in love with these kids, you know. Every year, it's always hard at the end when you have to, you know, say goodbye. And you know that you'll see them again, but like this time, I know I'm not going to see them again. And so it's, it's difficult, but um, I mean, yeah, so that's the only reason I apologized was because um, you know, I just felt that, you know, I, as a teacher, I should have, I, I, I thought I could do more, um, but there was nothing I could do. I mean, something against that gun, I, I there was nothing. So, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and you're correct. I, I. I think we teach our children and we, you know, that's part of like your morals and your, your, you know, um, if you do something wrong, you apologize and you always teach that. Right. Um, and I don't know that my generation, we did that. Even if, if, you know, you have to admit that you're wrong and apologize, you just have to. Um, and I, and I do think that that's, one of the big reasons why we do have so much um, chaos and so much, you know, separation in our communities because nobody has owned up to it and nobody's apologized. So, yeah, I get you on that one. And so, as you know, we're less than a month away from the anniversary of Rob. How are you? How does? What are your emotions are going through as the year comes up? Like I think, you know, for a lot of us, it's just we're just remembering snippets of that day that's coming up, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and very emotional. Yeah, it's kind of like it brings up a lot of memories, you know, and and like you remember what you were doing that day, you know. Um, I say that, you know, the tragedy of Rob is like September 11th, you know, we'll always remember where we were, what we were doing when we first, yeah. for those of us that weren't at Rob, you know, where we were, what we were doing when we first heard that. When you first heard the news, right? Um, yeah, as the anniversary is uh, approaching, I mean, the year has gone by so fast for me, considering that I have not done much um, other than try to heal and therapies and surgeries and 
stuff like that. And I feel like I haven't done much, but yet it went by so fast. Like, um, you know, I guess because, I don't know, like, sometimes I'm not even busy, like, all day because I can't function or I can't do anything because it's just, I'm not in the mood, right? So, but the year has passed really, really, really fast. And um, right now I do have a lot of emotions coming up, you know, thinking, what am I gonna do that day? Um, it's it's gonna be unescapable. Like, no matter where I go or what I'm doing, I'm gonna think about that day. Um, I'm sure the, you know, the media is gonna be putting stuff. Um, so I, I don't know um, what I'm gonna do, but yeah, the emotions, the anxiety is getting higher. The, I mean, just, yeah, the emotions are running high and, you know, um, so I guess, I try to take it day by day just just to get there, I guess, yeah. Uh, I know that you say you haven't done much, but I see you pretty active, like, in several groups. You know, you go to the school board meetings, and, I mean, for the majority of the, the time, you really couldn't even move, right? I mean, you were yeah. in a chair, or, you know, I see you're doing a lot better, but, I mean, I think you really couldn't even get out, right? At yeah, first. I, I, yeah, you're right on that. Um I did have um, some wound bags that I had to carry with me um, and braces that I had to put on in my arm and all that stuff. So that, yeah, that did prevent me from doing a lot of, um, uh, you know, going out there. But uh, yeah, I... Um, so you're I, at the Capitol too? Yeah, I went to the Capitol. Uh, and, um, but like, I've joined groups here in town, you know, um, there's two groups that I joined. Um, Which group is better? Um, well, <laughs> no, I can't tell you, <laughs> but um, so for those who don't know, he is part of Karma too. So yeah, I I am a, a member of Karma, um, and and uh, it's just you know I think that this helps me with you know getting my voice out there and you know getting others involved as well. So yeah, but um, and then I w I went to the to the Capitol because. My whole drive on that was because I had said in my interview, you know, I would do anything for my children and, you know, my students. So that was part of the drive behind that. Mm -hmm. So I want to go again, hopefully soon. And, um, and you know, do something else. Yeah. And as we wrap up, Mr. Reyes, what do you want the world to remember about the 21 angels that we lost on May 24? I mean, just, I, I, I really don't want to ever let anybody forget them, you know. Um, it, it's like, to me, like, I st sometimes I just still can't believe that they're gone. Um, but I, I do want, I want people to, to think about, you know, how how they think about guns um you know and we uh, we protested or um i wouldn't say like protest because it's not really like you know but 
I mean, we don't want to take their other guns. We don't take their rights. But I want them to think about, like, what's important? Is a gun important or a child important? And with losing these kids, I, I, I think, I mean, we come to find out that they wanted to be marine biologists, um, lawyers, doctors. What, who are we to say that what if one of these people was going to find the cure for cancer? And we'll be the next president. Or, yeah. You know, they had big dreams that they we had would never dreams, know. Yeah. And, and before you protect your right, protect the kids' rights because, um, you know, they're, they're our future. They're our future. And so I, I want them to think about it that, you know, and everybody has the right to life and liberty and pursuit of happiness, you know. It's just before, you know, so. Well, Mr. Reyes, thank you so much for being with us today on Common oh. Corner. And you are a hero and you are a voice for your students. And we wish you all the best of luck in your Thank you guys for coming over and the tacos were good. <laughs> I, I guess because they haven't made me sick. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate but, it, yeah. man. Thank you.